Hello, everyone. I am Mari Mohammed, a writer for Becker's Healthcare. Thank you so much for joining me today on Becker's Cardiology and Heart Surgery Podcast to speak with Gordon Wesley, Vice President of Advanced Health, Heart, Lung, and Vascular Institute. Gordon, it's so nice to meet you today. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on. Excited to talk. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, to jump in, could you please introduce yourself um, and tell us a little bit more about your background? Absolutely. I'm the vice president of the Heart Lung Vascular Institute. I've been with Evan Health for three years. Previously, I was with Ascension. I was actually one of the National Cardiovascular Service Line administrative, administrative leaders with uh, Dr. Ed Fry, who's coincidentally the president of the American College of Cardiology now. I've had a extensive background in uh, the medical field, including every one of my family has been in the medical field. And uh, one time I was in pre-med, believe it or not, and um, ultimately I joined the, the military, the army, and through that schooling was a radiology specialist and had my uh, uh, fun and entertainment in Iraq and got into leadership uh, shortly after that, not only within the military itself, but shortly after that. And Moved over to the uh, the fun side of cardiology and cath labs, special procedures, and uh, just moved uh, progressively moved up and through leadership and management, and um, now I find myself in a, a good spot and I just have the greatest enthusiasm and passion for uh, cardiovascular, uh, pulmonary, lung, all, all that good stuff uh, relative to the an institute and service lines that we build uh, within Abbott Health. So that's just a short snapshot. Yeah. Well, you've had an interesting life already. Well, <laughs> thank you so much for sharing that. Um, to kind of move into the topic for today's discussion, uh, what are the top three biggest issues in cardiology today that you're seeing? The biggest ones that I don't think it's unique to Ava Health, but to our cardiovascular service lines nationally is really around access. As we look at heart failure or atrial fibrillation, uh, we just know those things are going to increase. So the complexity and the, the, the incidence of those chronic disease are really going to bog down our clinicians, um, our clinics, our inpatient beds. And um, as we look at different ways on how do we have the experts that take care of those chronic diseases versus maybe proceduralists or other general cardiologists, for example, taking care of those diseases, we just got to be smart about that. And then just the complexity of the different diseases and how we build subspecialty service lines around that. And then I think very importantly is the uh, disparities of care. There's a lot of studies going on now just on the gaps of care, uh, whether it's accessibility to it um, or just the incidence of disease in different um, uh, socioeconomic um, genders. And so just be, keeping a keen eye on that and ears and, and making sure that we're doing the right thing for the communities and individuals. Um, probably secondly is really regulatory and just reframing what success looks like for a cardiovascular service line. There's a lot, a lot of payer dynamics that are occurring and whether it's incentivizing or uh, enhancing parity between sites of care, we have to be in the ready uh, for those shifts. And also what happens when you move volume out of a hospital, what happens in that backfill uh, strategy and those tactics and what takes its place really, because you have a lot of investments in uh, traditional hospitals and you know, multi, multi-level um, facilities. And so just making sure that we're able to have sustainable organizations and uh, maybe the complexity of care looks different there as well, um, along with the differentiation of that as well. So 
Also, uh, we have individuals coming out, uh, you know, fellowship, and they come into a market where uh, PCI is kind of on the decline uh, for most individuals. And so making sure that experts are able to do what they do best and be able to be in those fields and uh, operate uh, with what they went to school for and uh, where their expertise lies. And then um, a lot of the employment versus the community position dynamics depends what part or geography of the, of the world or the nation you're in. Uh, but those that climate looks a lot different. So making sure that we have you know, strong affiliations and partnerships, don't need to employ everybody. Um, and that's strong with organizations. And uh, what's the best best foot forward for uh, both, um, you know, have a win-win uh, design in a relationship. And then probably, uh, I think that second one was a long-winded one, but the third one really is about integration and kind of goes uh, to the tail end of what I was just talking about. Uh, we have these episodic uh, chasms in our care continuity and whether it's pre-hospital or in the hospital or post or all the all the transitions between that we got to make sure that individuals uh, and our community members and patients are suited for success uh, to navigate through all that so uh, you know integrated emr can only do so much but it definitely helps uh, for sure so those are like the biggest issues I see if I kind of step back and we're talking about cardiology or heart care uh, in general uh, as of today. Thank you so much for sharing your top three issues. Um, I've also kind of heard the same thing talking to other people. Um, and I think of it more broadly, how do you see heart care evolving over the next 18 months, if you could say? We just got out of a long period of a worldwide pandemic. And a lot of organizations are in that stabilization mode or, or recouping, whether it's uh, procedural losses or uh, just getting back to the business and getting back to caring for uh, individuals and communities. So the, that stabilization work, whether it's now or into the short future, uh, or, or as we're framing this question, the 18 months, what does that standard of care look like? We talked about having those meaningful relationships with physicians. And I think the pandemic really showed, especially those that are not tied to an organization uh, or, or, or um, financially tied to an organization, uh, whether through employment or others, maybe uh, uh, cardiologists and surgeons, they're, they're thinking differently now um, as they kind of see firsthand what pandemic does to a practice and how hard it is you know, to navigate through that. So I think the federal and state governments can only do so much, but I think it's, it's also, as we kind of talked about coming back into that, that stabilization is, how do you reestablish the competition that you're in? And, um, you know, a lot of us were kind of focusing internally and, and even externally to take care of the communities, but now we're back into that competitive spirit and um, that, you know, before it was about survival, now it's back to differentiating ourselves from our competitors. And uh, um, all those all those sub-service lines and those specialties like imaging and the artificial intelligence on that or CCTAs or wellness prevention, uh, moving further into the critical care cardiology models, geriatric cardiology. Um, you could think about virtual and the digital platforms. Uh, for some of the acute sites, the interventional heart failure, maybe the niceties like sports cardiology, you know, all, all these are, you know, well underdeveloped. They, they kind of got to a point and then COVID happened and uh, they were kind of nice to have. And now it's really, how do you differentiate yourselves from your competitors? Yeah, absolutely. And to kind of end our discussion with a two-part question, what are you excited about today? And also, what is making you nervous? Sometimes it's a mixture of both, but I am extremely 
excited about the opportunities to deliver care in new and innovative ways, leveraging technology. Technology is cool, innovation is cool. So sometimes there's a organizational nervousness or anxiety about the adoption of that. Is this going to disrupt the status quo or is this our fee for service model? And now it doesn't look like that. So making sure that you can navigate the organization, um, influence the organization to move into ways that are going to be extremely beneficial, uh, setting yourself up for the future and delivering care uh, where consumers, where patients are, and not necessarily where our parking garages uh, and our campuses are. Also, what do our partnerships look like in the future? Our partnerships with individuals that have a lot of expertise, subspecialty expertise in heart care. And how do we get into the wellness? How do we get into the prevention space? I mean, I, I talked about that earlier about things that even ourselves at Advent Health we're working on um, in, a, in a good fashion is how do we take care of that primordial, that genetic, genomic, uh, heart disease, patient, family members? How do we get into primary prevention for, before folks are ever on a cath lab table or an OR table? And then what do we do when those individuals are ready to go home and they had an event? So that's secondary prevention. How do we take care of our community 365, 24-7? How do we talk about our underserved populations? We talked about that uh, you know, quickly in the beginning. And then uh, there's so many new frontiers in electrophysiology uh, with uh, pulse field ablation. Um, there's new frontiers in structural heart, and I, I mean, every week there's new technologies coming out and research studies. Uh, just really, really excited about that. But I'm also, I uh, temper that down, just, I'm not going to say nervous, but just cautious and, and anxious about the frantic changes to a lot of our experts, high-level high experts. So if you have uh, folks, you know, in, the, in their prime of their career or, or, you know, winding down, how do we take care of those individuals? And also, how do we have succession planning uh, to make sure that they can leave on a high note and we can continue on our high notes? So just be smart about transition and such, uh, giving them good avenues. And then um, we talked about a little bit of those sites of care nuances, causes the traditional CEO of a hospital a little bit of anxiety. I think in our organizations, we've we've had a very open mind about that and and a very proactive. But how do we continue high standards at these ASCs or, or the practice cath labs? How do we keep those high standards? So those things um, add a little bit of anxiety in our, in our workflow and our kind of clinical thoughts about things. Absolutely. I will definitely agree with you on, you know, what things you're excited about today. And Gordon, that's all I have for you today. So I want to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to come and speak to me. I really appreciate it. And to hear more about Becker's Healthcare, please visit our website, beckershospitalreview.com. Thank you again, Gordon. Thank you very much for having me.